Hey, this is Scott. I'm calling from Corum, New York, just on the east end of Long Island. Uh, just calling in to give you guys uh, my up-the-butt bike. I have a cruiser right now, so basically I'd be looking for a sport bike. And I know there's going to be a lot of moans and groans out there from a few of you guys, but it's going to be the Ducati 998. Um, keep up the great work. I love you guys' show. You guys make me laugh so much. Um, and I will be sure to rate you guys well on iTunes. Have a great day. Have a good Thanksgiving, guys. Try to save. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage in not-so-sunny Calif- Santa Cruz, California. Um, tonight, it's changing it up a little bit. I am your host, uh, Megan, in the garage. We have Liza. Hello. We have Jeanette. Hello. Lily. Hello. Cindy. Hi. And Zephyr. Hello. And uh, if you didn't notice this already, it's all chicks in the garage. We all kicked right. the boys out tonight. Um, chickasode. It's the chickasode. Um we are going to be talking about women that ride, why we do it, all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, I wanted to start with a few statistics. Um, Liza and I have been wanting to do this podcast for a while, and um, it just hasn't worked out up until now. So I want to throw in some statistics because women are getting more and more into motorcycles, which is awesome. So um, recently it's been found that 25% of all riders are women. That's that's pretty cool. That's a way bigger statistic than I thought we would get. Um, that number has increased dramatically, dramatically in the last 10 years, yeah. even five years. Yeah, that's a lot bigger that's than amazing. when I started writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, women are the fastest growing population of writers within the moto community. They are getting their M1 endorsements a lot more than the men are and they're just it's like Liza said it's exploding and then um, the other thing between 2009 and 2012 women who owned motorcycles didn't just ride them went up by 20% that's really significant that's thousands and thousands of bikes um, Mm -hmm. all across America and the world so um, again just wanted to kind of reiterate what everyone rides this my name's Megan Um, I've been riding for like a year and a half two years I don't know. Um, and I have an 03 SV650. I use it mostly for commuting to and from school, but um, I also like to take it up into the twisties and all sorts of stuff like that. So, um, Jeanette, go Hi, for it. Hi, uh, I'm Jeanette, and I have, <laughs> I have a um, 2003 DR650, uh, as well as a 2006 DRZ400 SM. And if Jeanette sounds familiar, it's because she was here last week. I was week. here last week. We brought uh, her back. <laughs> um, I've been riding for about nine years. Uh, I became licensed as a, an MSF rider coach last year, so I've been doing that about a year. Um, I used to, for, for two years, I commuted exclusively on motorcycles, but nowadays it's mostly weekends or longer rides, so my riding has changed over the years um what's your up the butt bike oh my up the butt bike um so i had a different one last week i'm changing it up this week you're 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 entitled to i'm going with the ktm super duke i just know that's a bike 
I'm gonna yeah. wind up with this bike one day. That's I think butt worthy, definitely. Mine, <laughs> I actually do have. I was just saying, I didn't have an up the butt bike. Mine is the 690, the Duke 690. The Duke 690. I really Wait, like you that. want the Jeanette the 1290 or the 990? The 990. Yeah, I don't Why think I need the 1290. I don't oh. need. Uh, come on. <laughs> do you remember what happened when I was on the tour? I know. I know. It just just it's because trouble. It, it's, it's big trouble. Just because, so we don't have to share. I'll take the twelve ninety. I'll take one. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Liza's You'll put, take one for the on team. That, like a long That's time right. ago. Okay. Go ahead, Lily. My name is Lily. Um, right now, my bike is a twenty twelve Speed Triple R. I've been riding for thirty one years, and I started before there was a helmet law. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that riding the PCH without a helmet. It, it, that was my right? fr- the first time I got stopped by a cop was on PCH. <laughs> no helmet. Yeah, yeah. Um, How'd you stay cute with all the bugs in your teeth, though? Isn't you that know, the I don't know. <laughs> did you ever have anything of significance hit you in the face? I did. Well, actually, I had something of significance get in my mouth. It Ew. was. I don't know. To this day, I don't know what it was, but it was the foulest tasting, <laughs> bitter, <laughs> crunchy bug. I mean, it was literally, yeah. This yeah. took a weird turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm enjoying that, That's what happens when you get a bunch of women together, Liza. Exactly. <laughs> Just start talking about go off okay. onto the tangent. Anyway, I've been riding for 31 years. Um, I started riding in L.A. on a scooter. It was the gateway bike, and um, I do a little bit of everything. I don't excel at any one thing. Um, I do commuting, I do weekends, I do some relatively light sport touring, and I've had not so successful experiences in the dirt. (laughs) (laughs) But I have ridden pretty much continuously for 31 years. And you're up the butt bike? My up the butt bike is the MV Augusta Brutale. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Doesn't Andrew have one of those? Uh, it's I not a friend. Oh, he may yeah. be a Brutale. Yes, I think we have yeah. a friend that has one. It's very pretty. <laughs> yes, they're they're <laughs> beautiful, but definitely mm-hmm. butt worthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my name's Cynthia or Cindy. Um, I've been riding for about sixteen years, and I first got into riding as a commute a commute method. When I was uh, going to school and I was living about... Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. This is pretty I, cool to learn. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, living in Redwood City and going to school in San Francisco. So it was about a 33-mile commute either direction. And parking was free on a motorcycle and, well, San Francisco. So <laughs> so that was kind of how I got into riding. I didn't have a car for about three years and just had a bike. Mm-hmm. And then about five, maybe seven years ago... <coughs> um, well, I got into dirt riding about two years after that, and I've been dirt riding the whole time as well. And then about seven years ago, I also got into sidecar racing, and I did that for a couple years. Monkey. Um, I was a monkey. I was, yeah. Um, but for my profession, I have to hold disability insurance, and I needed to renew my disability insurance. And when they go over your different activities, motorcycling's okay. Sidecar racing is not okay. (laughs) I I don't know if everyone here knows exactly what kind of racing, what speeds were you hanging off the side at? Well, I didn't have a speedometer in front of me, which is probably a good thing. But um, so sidecar racing, for those that don't know, um, you typically, most people think about like the World War II 
um, sidecars where you have um, the motorcycle looking thing and then like a bucket thing that somebody sits in. The racing rigs, it's more of like a platform and the monkey or the passenger is essentially traction control. And so you're not sitting in anything. You're not attached to the bike. And in fact, there are handles and um, places that you put your feet for different positions. You're moving around on the bike depending um, which way you're turning or whether you're going uh, on the straightaway. So um, for the straightaway, we would hit probably, I, you know, my race partner would say like 160, 180. But again, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I wasn't looking at the speedometer, so I don't know. But it was pretty it was pretty fast. It was a you didn't want to be in the wrong place. <laughs> I don't even want to get in a Ural sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> that's more that's more what people think of though. But um, so currently I have um. Uh, R6, an 06 R6, and that's my street bike. Um, I also have a DRZ400, which I would love to get the title for because her registration Uh-oh. is currently out right now. You haven't gotten that taken care of yet? She Uh-oh. said she has. Cynthia. She, she said, no, I contacted her and she said she had recently had surgery and she was healing. And so I'm trying not to harass her about it. But the check did clear and I don't have a title yet. So hopefully Uh-oh. that'll get resolved. But um, street uh, or dirt. I have a CRF 230, and then I have an XR 200. Woohoo! So those are my, my um, I ride street a little bit now. Mostly it's uh, dirt, more dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cindy, you you have my current dirt bike, and you have the dirt bike that I uh, hope to uh, have in my possession one day. So that's is it. Your of... up the butt bike? No. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Two thirty is a fun bike, but yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I really call it. Like it. Oh, I, you know, I don't actually have an up the butt bike. I am like riding, and you can pretty much give me whatever, and I'll ride it. So I, I don't really have. I figure different bikes are good for different situations. I um, would love to get a Ninja two fifty. Actually, oh my gosh. I love Ninja two fifties, but I wouldn't call it butt worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I think they had that in the review. <laughs> Ninja two fifties, good bike, not quite butt worthy. Probably, probably. What about the three hundred? That is that butt worthy? A Ninja three hundred? Yeah, they make one. Oh, I've been kind of. Out yeah, a they make them fantasizing. <laughs> okay, they make a Ninja 300. Now. They just started making it, and, and now uh, Honda's making the CBR 300, and they're releasing the KTM 390. KTM 390, which is that's the one that's closer so, to Buttworthy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Zephyr, Hi. go for it. So my name's Zephyr, and I ride a 2003 BMW F650 GS. I've been riding about a year and a half, although I first learned about 10 years ago on this dirt bike in Switzerland and rode around Vietnam a very little bit and then ceased riding for the next eight years. Um, you have a very sexy recording voice. I just have to say. <laughs> um, so I, I uh, for years, I would say, like, in my other life, I'm, I'm a biker girl. You know, this is, like, my tagline, but I never really did anything about it. And my boyfriend is, is a rider, so I started riding on the back of his bike a couple of years ago, and then I was like, well, maybe I should take the class, you know, if anything happens, I want to be able to ride. And I took the class, and I think I've been on the back, like, maybe once that since really when I got familiar. a flat tire. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy riding my own. So, did everyone here get into riding from, what's, wait, what's your up the butt bike? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, an R9T. 
Yeah, the new one. The, the new, new BMW. One. Oh, yeah. Those are beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's totally a That is buttworthy. I think yeah. it's really pretty. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Did everyone here get into writing from a dude? No. Yes. No? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I kind of yeah. hate to admit it. Yeah. No. All right, cool. That was it. Okay. But not originally. <laughs> I mean, when I when I learned tell... like 10 years ago that that wasn't from a dude. So Yeah, Liza, do you want to tell the ladies here that might know how you got into writing and all of that? I was obsessed as a small child. I used to roll down the window to Hell's Angels and go, I like your hog. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll tell a funny story because my mom was just going through some old postcards and photos and stuff. And she found a postcard that she had sent to my dad when I was about two. And we were out visiting her mother and she took me and my dad stayed home to work because that's what you did back in the days. And in the postcard, it says, um, Liza misses her daddy. We borrowed a tricycle from the neighbors, but it's too big. She can't reach the pedals, but she still goes out there every day and sits on it for an hour or two. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I just always wanted to ride from the earliest age. So when I was 12, I talked someone into teaching me how to ride their GS650. Yes. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's a very easy bike to ride. <laughs> Granted, when I was 12, I was uh, about as tall as all of y'all, maybe a little taller. So I had an advantage. Um, and then uh, I've had a long string of bikes since then. But I got my first bike when I was 17. So, wow. Yeah, 30. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, um, in preparing for this podcast, Liza had been uh, sending me a lot of information and a lot of articles. And one that I found to be kind of interesting and also it kind of bothered me at the same time was um, the top 10 bikes for women. Um, and I looked over these and I misread it at first and I thought it was like for beginners. And um, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, you can't put <laughs> beginners on big Harleys. And then I read it again. Um, but this article, I think, was written in Florida, which is explains a lot of the um, preferences. But I'm just going to kind of go through. I'll send, show you guys pictures so you can see. But the number one is the Harley Davidson Sportster. Of course. 883 of course. Super Low. Of course. <laughs> super yeah. Low. Because we're all short. Because every woman is short. Yes. yes. Of course. I, I switched. Uh, I traded bikes once with a patient of mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he had a Sportster and I had an R6. And we traded back after because he said I kept like um, scraping the floorboards. <laughs> so I don't think they turned very well in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is the V-Star Custom Classic, which is a 650. I don't know if you guys can see the top silver one. Yep. yep. There, another kind of big, heavy cruiser. Cruiser. Um, I've ridden one of these. They're they're okay. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not a big cruiser fan. <coughs> um, so hmm. you have not really had an opportunity. Yes, I have. I work in a motorcycle shop. No. I ride a lot of the customers' bikes. It's not. I don't know. No. The next one is the Harley Davidson Sportster 1200 Ooh. Custom. Um, following that is the Harley Davidson Softail Deluxe. Was this um, article by chance written by a Harley? That's exactly yeah. what I asked. Um, next one is the V Star 950, just the bigger brother of what we just saw. 
A little variety. Please. I know. Honda Shadow Spirit 750. I do love the Honda Shadow. They're, they're, Zoe started on the Shadow 500. They are really good bikes, but again, not really my style. First sport bike, Kawasaki Ninja 250 or 300. Ooh. Okay, those are pretty cool bikes. They are pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, the totally next one, different than the rest, though. Yeah. The next one is the Harley Davidson Street Glide. Uh, that's it's the top picture. Again, they all kind of look the same to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, following that, the Kawasaki Vulcan 900, just a green cruiser, and then the V Star 250. So, what all of these Three bikes have? I know. <laughs> what all of these bikes have in common is that they are really short. short. Um, was this article written by a man or a woman? Yeah, that's good. No, it's on, it's on a website for women writers. Yes. Okay. It's oh, it's by a woman. Yeah, Genevieve okay. Schmidt. Does it say what she Just rides? Wondering. I bet she rides no, a Harley. Okay. This uh, list was found on a website called Women Writers Now. Yeah. The whole website is uh, talking about women, women writing. I wanted to say though. Because one thing I pointed out, we'll, we'll get further into detail now, but where we live here in California is very sport or touring centric. Not as many people on cruisers here. That's just not the style that we ride here. And what's funny is when we're going down the list, it's like um, he, a lot of people here just put all Harleys in a one group. It's, just, it, it's all the same bike. <laughs> Generic yeah. Harley. Why do you have to list four different ones? They're all the same. That's kind of what I said. Yeah. <laughs> but in the, yeah, in the but in the cruiser world of which I've been in a Harley centric club before, and I've owned Harleys and Choppers and Road Stars. It's a different riding style in the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. That is more prominent. So I don't think that that list was written to try and sway people over to Harley. That's really how it is out there. Well, when sad. I started riding, I I pictured in my head that I was going to go out and buy a Harley Davidson and ride it around. And then I went to a shop and sat on bikes. And once I sat on a sport bike, that was it. Made so, sense to you. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to say there's nothing wrong with them. It doesn't yeah. make sense to us here because of the type of riding that we do. Mm -hmm. Which has a lot to do with the kind of roads that we ride yeah. on around here, yeah. too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But in the rest of the country, they're a lot of fun. And I miss riding cruisers, but I sold all mine because they weren't getting used here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my, uh, me and Liza had an idea. If you were going to make your own top 10, what bikes would you definitely include on it? So let's write a top 10 list for the California Yay! Living. Santa Cruz for women because right. obviously women need different bikes than Do you guys men. want to keep the Ninja 250? Yeah. Yes. yes. Definitely. Keep that. Right. And, and we're add doing... the CBR 250. Mm -hmm. for, we're we're talking beginner bikes, right? Yeah. Well, beginner bikes or just no, bikes just for any bikes. women? Uh, okay, bikes okay. for women. You what know, do you think are the most common? We have to throw out, Megan, what do you ride right now? SV650. They're yeah, awesome. That's a yeah. good one. That's a classic. Yeah. Yes. And now, that's a bike you can begin on. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do SV650 slash Gladius because yeah. everyone poo pooed the Gladius when it came out. I went, oh, finally a bike for women because I'm always trying to help people help women find bikes that they can fit. And I have so many friends with short legs who are limited. And I sat on that Gladius, and it was horribly uncomfortable and too small for me. It felt like a You're seven eight scale really, bike. Really tall, Liza. I am. So. I'm six foot tall. So I thought, oh, finally, a good bike for other women. But 
Um, and even in the commercials, they were marketing it. They had, they had women, women riding it in the commercials, but the bike didn't do well. Yeah, and the men didn't like it. And it last, it was here a year was, and gone a year, like back a year, something like that. They now it's been renamed. It in 2008 or 2009, they stopped producing it, and then they started producing it again in 2013, I think. And I'm just gonna like say it's the name. Yeah, the name killed it. Gladius. Mm-hmm. My grandmother is Gla- is Gladys. Oh. <laughs> And yeah, it kind of sounds like a gladiator between, flower. Right, gladiator and Gladys. Well, uh, technically, the term gladius refers to a sword, I yeah. think. So, I don't know. I right. thought they were trying to like be manly lost. by naming it after a sword, but I don't think many people would know that. All right, do we want to leave the sports store on there? Well, can I can I say something really quickly? Do we have to go by height just because it's, no. we're talking about women? We're talking I'm about... I'm probably... In, I may be the shortest person here, maybe. Yeah, you are. Okay, so... <laughs> I've never shortened a bike, and I've ridden like the KTM 900. I've ridden the XR 650. <clears throat> I've ridden a lot of these really tall bikes, and from a beginner perspective, I couldn't have done it. But once you get more advanced, the height it is an issue. But I wouldn't say that it's enough to it's not, not a defining get it. Issue. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I agree. It's more of a beginner issue, not a woman issue. Right. I think. I mean, so then once you remove height. Aren't all bikes for women? Women, exactly. That's what I think. Uh, dun, would you dun, recommend dun. a Jixxer 750? Uh, we know a woman know. that rocks the hell yeah, out of a Jixxer 750, like, what, and she's right this this tall. Yeah, maybe I have a maybe about Bosley. as tall as Bosley. Yeah, Lucas is the height. He's a manlet, and he. Man, no. <laughs> man, <light. laughs> he's on the Jixxer 75. I, I think that there's there, obviously there's exceptions to yeah. every rule, but if you were marketing to groups of women i wouldn't market a jix or 750 to to them well and but then I, are you so maybe another question beginner is, women or are you marketing to right i, I don't so separate beginner women and beginner men i think they're all the same there's short people and there's tall people short people <laughs> tall beginner advanced so i think so, the question is really if you're going to market a bike to women what are the characteristics so that let's you're say looking yeah. for is it like I'd height like and a lighter frame weight, so right? let's say lighter, for the sake of frame. this yeah, yeah. The majority of women are shorter than men. Therefore, the bikes that are going to be on this list are bikes that are going to be easier to ride for somebody with a smaller inseam. So I separate between short and tall people. Mm -hmm. A lot of the the statistics come from a lot of most women are shorter than men. So the national average for women's height in this country is like five, five. Most of us are above here are above that. So, so let's go with bikes. If you had somebody who's shorter, what bike would you recommend? Do they need to be new? No, no. just Honda a shorter. Hawk. Okay, yeah. uh, Hawk or Nighthawk? Hawk, Hawk the GT, Hawk GT. Oh yeah, right, yeah. yep, yeah. Ooh, good one. Ducati Monster. Mm-hmm. Those, oh, good. Yeah. Another good one. Yeah, that that definitely should have been on there. For a dual sport, the DR650 can be lowered. It can. Oh, that's that's another good one because yeah, donuts riding one. Mm-hmm. I like the, the DRZ400. Are... That's, that's yes, mm-hmm. they so are good. The... They're really stiff. Mm-hmm. So like the DR650s, I feel like sink down mm-hmm. a little bit more. Whereas the DR the Supermotos, the 400s, mm-hmm. they they don't have that happen so much. So I guess it would depend. I just um, think they're really light and really they are easy really light to and turn. Yeah. yeah, y'all haven't mentioned a cruiser yet. Are we just not putting a cruiser on there? <laughs> you know, I've never been on a. I've never ridden a cruiser. I'd say like a. Shadow, I don't think so. Maybe I. No, I like a Shadow Seven Fifty or a Shadow Five Hundred are they're great bikes. 
good. Let's just say uh, that, a shadow. That's, that's keeping. There was one on the other list, so. Okay. Oh, um, what was what's the Buell that Joe has? That's really. Oh, the blast. No, my no, name. The, the one he has. Yeah, yeah this Ulysses. Oh, Maybe gosh. it's a Ulysses. It's eleven twenty-five. No, not that one. Though. Oh no, his first one. Oh, I don't even know what that okay. was called. Some sort of Buell that's really short. Right. <laughs> Zephyr, you want to throw uh, a BMW like the, in there? No, I was going to say the Bonneville uh, that, yeah. I was just going to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's also pretty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That might be an up the butt like for me, actually. What about like the F650s? I love them, but I'm 5'10", and, and, they're, and they're tall. But if you were recommending to a friend, to a tall woman, no. Or you, or you think the F six fifties are too tall? Because Sarah Sarah Hammer used to ride one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's not too tall for me, and if I were a couple inches shorter, it would still be too um, tall. What what BMW would you recommend? Like the C? I don't know, like the C, the ugliest bike in the world. But um, I don't really know Beamers. All that well, well so. I have a friend who just bought a two thousand six fifty GS with a lowered seat. Really? And it's scooped out too low for yeah. him, but he bought it from a woman who was like five three, mm-hmm. so that's totally doable. I love my bike, so I, I recommend it to everybody. So <laughs> yeah, let's just say, riders. let's just say that for any short rider, you can get a custom seat, but you pay, yeah, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, it's okay. so worth it, though. <clears throat> it's so worth it. I had a TDM eight fifty. 1992 and uh it was a little tall for me and i got a corbin seat and it was like problem solved Mm -hmm. see i never i've never had a problem i mean i've just kind of gotten i my uh my ex was six foot six and we shared bikes so that meant all the bikes were tall Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i just got used to if i needed to back up i got off the bike and i pushed the bike back i got used to um i like to call it my dog on fire hydrant (laughs) when I was at stoplights for some of the really tall bikes and so I just worked with it like it it was never I think what killed it for me was San Francisco and when you're dealing with hills parking it's yeah yeah it's oh you know in kickstarting dirt riding (laughs) that's yeah I would I learned a bump start I am an excellent bump starter (laughs) all right we got eight on this list we need two two more. more Um, I would see, say, do I, no, I, have all I mean, don't, didn't they make like a Nighthawk 450 or something like that? The Nighthawk 450 is a great beginner Back bike. In the day. Mm-hmm. bike. And they, they've got a relatively shorter and that's something that's a little more cruisery oriented or a little more standard oriented. You yeah. can make them, you can make them that way with like different handlebars. Uh, let's just say any like Nighthawk. That. Any Nighthawk, I think mm-hmm. is a good, yeah, any reliable Nighthawk. bike. Yeah. Okay. What Nighthawk. about the new Duke? It's pretty little. Well. Um, I've only sat on ones that have like more knobby tires on it, to be honest. So I don't, and those are always a lot taller. So to be honest, I don't know, like with more of a street oriented, I don't know how much of a difference that would make. I'm trying to think of bikes that I've felt like the monsters were too small for me. I felt too bunched up. Mm -hmm. What about the CBRs? That's kind of. Do they still make those? Those are, those are cool when I... When they're making, I think they're making like the CBR 500s now. Mm-hmm. I'd say any mm-hmm. like the CBR 500s or the EX 500s are also... Let's just say this. So many new bikes coming out now are going to be like 400cc bikes. Mm-hmm. Let's just say any modern 
400 cc. There we go. <laughs> no, <laughs> really, because so many people are coming out with smaller and smaller bikes that put mm-hmm. out more. I mean, I rode on a, you know, learned on a GS650, which is a giant chunk of iron Heavy. by today's standards, oh, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, a modern 400. Um, What's the one that uh, Lucas is all hot and heavy for? It's now? the CBR 400 RR. Oh uh, yeah, that oh. you can only like really get in Europe, I think. <laughs> Green market. <one. laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. What, what about an electric bike? Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna try the zero. I yeah. rode. I rode a zero yeah, a couple what, nights what ago. Think? I want to um, ride a zero. So I, I mean, <laughs> me and Doug ironically ran into a guy riding as Terry, who we interviewed here at a gas station. Um, he was buying beer or something <laughs> and he gave us the key well not the keys he let us ride the zero around and button. it was really really cool and um, it was a little bit shorter than the DRZ um, but weight w- the weight it was a little heavy I thought I don't mm. know I think the, D- the DRZ was definitely a little bit lighter so um, not to go on on this too long but I want to say when people come to me and they're asking to, for a bike recommendation a lot of women I find don't have the confidence that Cindy that you've had all along, which is why I think you were able to compensate for your stubby little legs <laughs> because you're confident. I think it was stubbornness. <laughs> stubbornness. Stubborn but little legs. What, yeah, I was going to let of, that one slide. <laughs> I've met a lot of women riders who weren't as confident and they wanted something that they could be much more secure on and they need to be able to put their mm-hmm. legs out. Um, you know, I and, also and so I so the cruisers is where I send a lot of people a star, a, a you know a shadow, any of those. I I think that they are good bikes in general, especially for cutting your teeth on. You know where I send people a lot. Well, not a lot, but when I get a chance, is scooters. They're super underrated for if somebody, especially women, like they're. Kind of nervous. Scare me. <laughs> Liza, they're awesome. not many people say that. Up. She, she's not afraid of certain things, and then scooters scare her. So I, I cut yeah. my teeth on a scooter, and I think they're they're awesome for people who don't know what they want, or if they even know if they're gonna like it. Yeah. So. No, I'll agree with that, and I think like especially with all these three hundred cc size bikes, I think that in the I think maybe marketers are realizing that there is this whole new population that's getting into riding and so let's make seats a little bit lower let's make these smaller Mm -hmm. displacement bikes a little more available like we've got with the ninja 300s the cbr 300s the ktm 390s um so hopefully we're going to be seeing more of that in the next couple of years but um I know we here at Recycle steer a lot of women towards lower bikes that they can just build confidence on and then slowly work their way up to where Cindy's at. Um, dog peeing on a fire hydrant sort of thing. <laughs> what? Um, to be fair, when I first started riding, I was a total crasher. So, But I started at about 21, 22, mm-hmm. and I was crashing all the time. So if you, <laughs> my first bikes were definitely rat bikes that mm-hmm. didn't lose any value with my alterations that I made to them. So that's something to think about, too. <laughs> and then something else I kind of wanted to talk about tonight is... Um, Well, Jeanette here is an MSF instructor, and women are a very fast-growing population in um, the motorcycle world, 
and uh, Liza found this interesting article that was put out in the UK, I want to say, and it was talking about how women are actually safer writers because they seek out more formal instruction than men. They're more likely to seek out an MSF course than teach themselves in the backyard, and they're more likely to continue seeking out intermediate and then advanced courses than men who just kind of like go teach themselves off in the hills or um, something like that. And it talked about how women are more likely to crash being on the back of a bike than riding their own. Um, And that overwhelmingly female fatalities in motorcycles is when they are a passenger, not a rider, Um, which totally skews all of the. Well, I I believe you're saying there aren't, there aren't really clear statistics mm-hmm. on are women safer riders than men mm-hmm. because a lot of the reports coming in, they were actually passengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the number may actually be smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot smaller percentage of accidents involving women than there are riders to, you know, women to men riders. Yeah. And so what I wanted to ask you, Jeanette, is what you see um, in those range days about numbers of women um is it more young women older women uh what kind of populations do you see when you're teaching these courses um and then is there any difference do you feel in the way women approach learning to ride than men i just speaking from because i took my my course almost two years ago i think there were three girls in my class there were i think Two were about my my age, and then one was in her 60s, which I thought was really cool. And um, all of the women passed in my course, and um, the only ones that failed were the dudes that showed up on their bikes, failed the course, and then left on their bikes, (laughs) which kind of made me laugh and cringe at the same time. So I just wanted to ask you about that. Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, my theory about women being safer riders would be because they don't have mass quantities of testosterone flowing (laughs) through Mm -hmm. their veins. But uh, (laughs) uh, in in the classes, I would say we probably have two women to the rest guys it's a total Mm -hmm. of 12 people uh, on the range Um, so on average there are a couple of ladies out there Um, what I do notice is before the class starts a lot of times they'll if they see me there and they get that I'm one of the rider coaches they'll kind of want to come over and bond a little bit or Mm -hmm. chat a little bit just like hey we're both ladies and Stand so in solidarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're you're gonna be helping me out today. Um, and they, I, I feel like they tend to be a little more on the nervous side yeah. when they start out. And everybody has different styles of learning, whether you're a, a guy or a girl. And so you just kind of have to figure out who. It, there are people who pick it up more slowly. It can be a guy or a girl, mm-hmm. though. You just don't know until you get started. Uh, who you may need to spend a little extra time with. Um, So you just kind of have to figure out who those people are that need a little bit of extra Mm -hmm. energy and guidance and um, patience to pick up on certain things. It isn't necessarily broken down by whether you're a a female or male, though. Mm -hmm. And Do you find that the men, though, are overconfident? 
of their abilities and women are underconfident of their abilities? Is that a good, safe generalization? There are are more guys there, so it's hard to say because if I had six guys and six girls, I'd be able to tell a little bit more. But there are guys there that are nervous. The guys that have ridden before, I've probably only had a couple of people be just oh yeah i've done this all before and kind of bored Mm -hmm. mostly even though they've ridden dirt bikes before or rode years ago something like that they still approach it with a really good attitude of i i can learn something while i'm here so um i would say generally i see that the guys are more confident but there are so so many more of them so yeah it's i'll just say my one complaint about women riders uh, is that i just find that they're underconfident and ride below their abilities so often which drives me nuts on the same token i could see the guys could say that about me dirt riding because i'm not going to break my bones i'm not going (laughs) to push it (laughs) i take my time riding dirt you know but on the street i know i I ride with women a lot of time it's like why am i riding alone you i'm taking it easy you guys can totally keep up with me there's no reason you have to go that slow and i think it's just a confidence thing no but i'm just wondering if you see that in the in the classes you have to push women more some with speed yes sometimes i find though that People that I think they start out really slowly, they aren't confident, but they just learn things more slowly or they have more. And I'm like this, too. It's just like you have more natural caution and you take it slowly and you want to really know what you're doing before you push yourself. So a lot of times with the speed, it's kind of tough to get some people going faster. But again, guys, too. So I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I mean, it's just a generalization, that's all. Well, I think this is a good opportunity, and this goes well into our word from our sponsor right now, Moto Bandito. Men between the ages of 16 and 28 are at the peak of testosterone production. Testosterone is known to cause bad judgment and impaired decision-making. This condition is also known as red mist. 92.3% of all motorcycle accidents can be avoided if this condition is treated before getting on a motorcycle. The chemists at Moto Bandito have come up with a solution. Introducing Moto Bandito's Testosterone. One application before a ride will provide six to eight hours of protection by increasing brain function. By having better judgment, you will think with a big head and not the little one riding slower, safer, and increasing your odds of living a long and healthy life. Order now and get Lestrogen for women. This will give your female riding companion the balls and courage she needs to ride faster. Tests have proven that when taken together, men and women typically ride at the same speed, thus enhancing the riding experience for all. But it doesn't stop there. Order now and get Saxinch. This little clip is perfect for short rides by switching off the vast difference while allowing blood to flow normally. Do not take testosterone if you have one testicle or ride a scooter. Side effects may include headaches, anal leakage, punctuality, flaccid penis, crocheting, better grades, liver failure, weight loss, increased vision, appreciation for show tunes, better fashion sense, and eye terrors. Now available at motobandido.com. That's B-A-N-D-I-D-O. 
And we're back. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, should we do porn pick? Yeah, I think so. I'll do a porn pick real quick. So, <laughs> for those here who don't know, I wasn't warned about this. <laughs> so, uh, we do the porn pick of the week, which is where we go on to Craigslist. We find a bike that's under $500 that we think is a good deal just to show people that these deals are out there to be had and i tried to find a bike that i thought would be suitable for a woman rider so what i found was a 1985 kawasaki 600r and it is so it's actually a it's a ninja 600 for $350. What's wrong with it? In the San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco Bay Area, Craigslist. It's 1985. That's what's wrong that's, with that's it. That's where yeah. it begins. Um, <laughs> the ad reads, hey, I'm selling an old Kawasaki 600R with 53,000 miles. It's 1985. and has two new Bridgestones. I believe that is better. I believe it's better for parts. But the engine starts... Um, but the carburetors has, but the carburetors has a several leaking. <laughs> if you need for parts, please make an offer. That's the kind of stuff we go. Oh, carburetors leaking. We could fix That's that. That's not here. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a problem. This and it's all spray painted black, so kind of like bikes that we've that all owned here. Yeah. Um, so I think three hundred fifty dollars for your running six hundred. Are. What I'm going to say, though, about those bikes is that they're heavy with 1985 technology, though. They're 300 heavy. <laughs> But we're talking about a bike that's, that's less than a couch. <laughs> women-friendly. That's a heavier bike. I I don't know if I would. $350. You know, one of, one of our picture? female recyclers sent this Craigslist ad to me, like, two weeks ago, and I told her, no. Nope, nope, nope. Not for you. So, I don't know. They're heavy. They're kind of big fat pigs. I think this is a bike that they don't know what's wrong and they don't want to put any mon to, money into it and they're walking away and selling it cheap. Mm -hmm. And it they need rent cute. just to get it rid looks of it. Cute. Maybe in the picture. Yeah. So, we'll if you're a chick looks. in the San Francisco Bay Area looking for a good deal, look it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. Not bad. All right, Megan, what you got next? Next, I kind of wanted to talk about perceptions and, like, expectations for women. Um, I know I started riding on the back, and I kind of graduated to up front, and uh, I won't ride in the back anymore. Uh, fuck that. And um, I also work in a motorcycle shop, as um, some of you listeners might know, and... I get a lot of phone calls at the motorcycle shop and they go, do you know anything about motorcycles? Yes, I, yes, I do. I work in a motorcycle shop. What can I do for you? Um, and there's this perception that I either don't know as much or my infor I am misinformed about things and it's um, frustrating to say the least when I face it every day. That might be my fault. I tell people to call up there if a chick answers. <laughs> don't ask her. You know what? There is another chick working there now, so don't don't fuck over my coworker. Um, but it's just frustrating, and um, I know that in my experience, uh, I can say a sentence like read something word for word, and if my male coworker says the same thing, they take the dude at mm -hmm. face value whereas they question me well are you sure can you look that up can you can you double check that and um it's frustrating and i also know too that especially among non-writers because i'm relatively new to this my the perception of me has changed 
um, if I go somewhere in my gear, I'm this like biker chick, biker scum weirdo. I, I don't know. Or there's this like, if I go to class on the first day and I put my helmet down below my seat, people don't sit next to me uh, in class, which is weird. Um, whereas if I go like wearing street clothes, uh, you know, it's easier for people to strike up a conversation. Don't. So, so I think that's funny because I work at Discussion Brewing, and you know, I often have the helmet when I'm leaving, and people yeah. just flock to me like, "Oh my God, you ride! You know, you're a woman rider!" Like, mm-hmm. and they want to tell, talk to me all about it. And I don't know anything, so I kind of have I was gonna, Yeah, maybe they've heard the podcast and know that you're mean. Yeah, we have a yeah. segment some here, sometimes on here called Megan is Mean. It's where I rant about the stupid people that come into my work. But, um, wait, 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 back up. I didn't know you worked at the brewery. Yeah. We, we should be friends. Why are we not friends? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just coming to discuss the beer. <laughs> but back, to the, back to the perception. I've actually, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm not, well, I guess why would you know? I'm not a real doctor. Uh, <laughs> okay, <a>, time out. <laughs> you were the one that said that. Because we were on a plane and I asked you, if somebody had a heart attack and they said, is there a doctor on the plane, would you raise your hand? What did you say? I said, I'm a dentist. <laughs> if they had a toothache, I would be so there. Or <laughs> flossing issues. And what happened when we were on the plane? There were three other doctors on the plane. That happened. What happened? <laughs> somebody had a heart attack or stopped breathing no, or something. No, I think somebody had a panic issue. They did start an IV, though. But I wouldn't know how to start. I can give a shot. That's why I say you're not a real doctor. If you don't you raise your hand oh when you're on a plane and there's a heart attack. Oh you know God. what? Matt wouldn't, Matt wouldn't raise his hand either. We had He's a real doctor. (laughs) Yes. Fair enough. (laughs) But um, I've actually gone to professional meetings and um, different classes and things on my bike before. um, And it's kind of uh, more a novelty. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily get taken seriously, but I definitely get my picture taken. (laughs) Yeah. So it's more a novelty, definitely. I just know, like, working in a service department and everything, I just, it's frustrating getting my work and what I say questioned day in, day out by people that probably don't know nearly enough, anything, really, about bikes. Well, it's, um, all, it's all context, too. You know, I'm bartending, you're working in a motorcycle shop, you're mm-hmm. a dentist, you know, and people have all these different expectations about who we are based on our mm-hmm. profession, or if you're, you know, you're in class, that's a whole another thing. And yeah. So, so, yeah, so you know, all we, you ride, is it intimidating to dudes when they find out that you ride? I don't Probably know. Probably some of them. Yeah, I can't I tell. <laughs> <laughs> I think they think it's cool. Like yeah. the last couple guys yeah. that I've dated have thought it's cool. I don't think they necessarily thought it was intimidating. Because I'm just intimidating in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I wouldn't know what it's like to be like you all. <laughs> well, hey. Um, I think it depends on the age group, too. Like I said, I'm going to school with like 18 to 23, 24 year old boys. Um, <laughs> not men, boys. Um, and definitely they. It's interesting being on campus and like I will park my bike, my 650, right next to a dude that has a CBR 250 and he goes, oh, that's, that's a really big bike. Think you can handle it? And it's just like, really? Come on, dude. Like, let's let's see what your CBR 250 can do compared to the 650 I'm on. It's just it's frustrating day in and day out. And I don't know, maybe it's just I mean, um, but I get mad working what what's next on your what's list next on my well cindy oh, didn't you oh, have oh, a wait, list of here. what 
What? Oh, let's talk about this. This is what everyone <laughs> I think wanted to <laughs> talk about. Pull out yeah. one of our pink cycle gear catalogs and go to the women's <laughs> page. There's like two pages, I think, <laughs> in the whole catalog. And, okay, now it's I see- never been a problem for me because I don't fit women's gear. I'm a men's extra large, but. It's horrifying how many shades of pink there are. You know, I think of Charles Statman when I see pink. Because he is all pinker. <laughs> Texas Charles. He wears pink. Because <laughs> he's little. <laughs> and he can. Um, do, are you guys offended by the yes. choices of pink clothing? <laughs> yeah. I, oh, my God. Offended is a little strong. <laughs> yeah, but it's offended, more annoyed. It's, <laughs> I, I'm totally offended. I'll own that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I would love to have a, a fucking blue jacket. You yeah. know? Um, well, I have a silver jacket now because I, I want something that's visible. You know, I used to have a black leather jacket, but it wasn't visible. And I want, you know, wanted to be a little bit more visible than I am. So my options were either, you know, white or fucking pink. Yeah. And, well, let and me I have a pink jacket for summer because that's all that I could find that fit me. But when you have a helmet and gear on people don't know who you are do you want to be identified as female i mean that's why i think they do it all in pink not because people want to rock the pink but they want to rock the i'm a chick in the beginning when i roar, first started writing you know? i did have that like i'm a girl carrying my helmet around i ride a motorcycle <laughs> and now it's now it's just now i ride it's not a yeah. big, it I, doesn't I wanna, matter but but yeah there was an element of that when i see i always thought started. the blonde when my hair was long i had blonde pigtails sticking out of my helmet i always thought that was evidence enough yeah i know what pigtails. my gender yeah. is but i wear black on black on black i don't see i, I don't Feel comfortable doing that i live up in the mountains and you know that's like just that i'm invisible you know even mm-hmm. though I, I mean i'm wear black in my day-to-day life all the time but i think for me it's more about like you know wearing something that fits who i am i mean i'm always thinking about what i wear no matter what situation it is and i i yeah i do feel insulted if my only options are are pink to wear something that fits me you know mm-hmm. i i have big old hips and you know a smaller waist and i don't want to wear like a men's jacket it doesn't fit me right it's billowing in the wind you know mm-hmm. yeah so. to me the larger problem is just is the, the, la- the lack yeah. the range of women's yeah. gear and actual women's no. sizes are, and cuts are you yeah. finding as the r- female rider population is growing that the choices of gear is rising i pretty much mm-hmm. stick with a brand Not that i enough. like that fits no. me well they don't have anything in pink it's white or black so what, what, what is the brand uh, revit mm-hmm. i it works well for me i have a place i can go try it on and buy it um because i don't like shopping out of catalogs either mm-hmm. because if it doesn't fit it doesn't fit right. you have to go through the whole thing of returning it so i like to be able to go to a store try things on and buy it from them whenever i go to a store i feel like there's this like if you go to cycle gear in san jose they always have two sizes like extra small or extra extra large (laughs) Uh there's nothing there and so i go there to like try stuff on so i can then order it at my job and i don't have to deal with the exchanging thing um and i can never I can't ever find stuff. And my biggest complaint isn't the color. It's um, the fit. Mm -hmm. I have long arms and long legs. And I find that when I get into a sport bike riding position with my hands forward, I have like four inches of skin showing on my wrists. Or I have like 
tramp stamp thing going on, mm-hmm. and I get which is really cold. And it's really cold, <laughs> and I don't like I don't like having uh, air go up my j- back or on my. J- it's just it's uncomfortable. That's my biggest. So, other than Revit, have any of y'all found brands that you like? That I I have a well? first gear Kilimanjaro that your boss at. Uh, um, we all ride. Ted totally sold to me, so, and, I, and I love it. It's it's warm and it fits and and it's uh, bright white. <laughs> I once once tried to buy an article of women's motorcycle clothing. I was at Cycle Gear when we were getting all into dirt, and I thought, oh, it'd be fun to get one of the pink shirts. <laughs> Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying on the the men's shirts and I think I'm like oh the extra large fits and I said yeah, yeah give me a uh, if you got it in pink give me an extra large like throw a pink in but I wasn't thinking it was a woman's size I just said give me a pink one <laughs> that thing don't fit no way no how I gave it to Jake it fits Jake the 15 year old girl 5 foot 4 16 5 yeah. foot 4 and it was like that's the biggest size they carried mm-hmm. so I, I tried just so y'all know I tried didn't work out um so i know though that uh, years ago there was a shop up in berkeley i want to say it was called motovita because there was enough women who were having trouble finding gear and all they had was female-centric motorcycle things they had um instructional dvds they had all sorts of stuff but i don't think it survived because there wasn't enough women so i know for a lot of things there just aren't enough women to support the selection mm-hmm. and all that. I think the size may vary too. Like I just gave up and just bought men's because mm-hmm. it's the women's I'm too short or, you know, my hip first waist is different or I have broad shoulders, but I don't really have boobs, but I have, you know, like it, none of them ever really fit. So if I was going to have something that didn't fit anyway, um, the men's tended to be less form fitting. So they tend to fit better. Cindy, I wanted to ask you about racing. I wanted to ask you all, just tell us all about it. I want to know, um, you, it was, a how many other women were out yeah. there? Sidecar racing is different. Um, definitely a different crowd than regular racing. Um, there was definitely for regular, uh, bike racing, there's definitely a lot more guys than girls. So I think mm-hmm. that's changing. I do think that's changing. And I think they actually have specific women's classes now, I believe. Yes, they do. Um, for sidecar racing, there's uh, you have the driver and then you have the passenger. There's only a couple women that I know that were actually drivers. The majority of the drivers were men. But the passengers, it was probably about 50-50. Maybe even, maybe, maybe even more women. But um, there was definitely a good percentage of uh, the passengers that were female. Um, and there's different advantages to having females. Actually, the being smaller, I think, actually worked a little bit better with moving on the back of the bike. Like, women tend to be more flexible, so it was easier for them to move from side to side. Um, um, I'm trying to think what else. It, interesting enough, there are different techniques for riding sidecar for women versus men. Um, if you've ever seen a picture of sidecar racing, you'll see the monkey hanging off mm-hmm. on certain, when they're making left turns. I'm going to get in trouble if I'm wrong with that one. It's been years, so. Um, but but uh, the men will actually hang off um, where their heads are hanging off. And the, and the idea behind that is that men carry more of their weight in their shoulders. Mm-hmm. 
And when women hang off, it's usually their butts that are hanging off the side. And oh, it's because women tend to carry more weight in their hips. So I always thought that was kind of fascinating as far as uh, the passengers and women versus men. But I think because there were a lot more women present, um, it wasn't a big deal. Like it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything negative or anything mm-hmm. positive. It was just like, oh, I have, you know, my race partner to grow. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't a big deal. And that was kind of cool. How long did you do that for? Uh, two years, two and years. I, I would have kept doing it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if I could have. It was I was in the best shape I've ever been in. I totally, <laughs> as long as you have a medical insurance, recommended. <laughs> it was so much. It's a full body workout. I mean, you yeah. have strong arms, you have strong legs, you have to have a strong core. It's it was a lot of fun. And how did you get into that? Um, a friend uh, was looking for somebody to passenger, and I just was gonna like substitute in for a weekend, and I uh, was kind of hooked after that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I said, Cindy's crazy enough. She might do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun, though. And, you know, it is, I I, I guess it, I don't know that it's really necessarily any more dangerous than any other form of motorcycle racing. I mean, when you throw the competitiveness into it, there's definitely um, more danger because you're taking more risks. But I just, uh, when I was out there, I just remember when I was out there, I would always think to myself, like, just be where you're supposed to be and you'll be fine. <laughs> like, I would just tell myself that over and over. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I miss it. So I got a question for y'all. Um, and Zephyr, you did some interesting touring recently, yes? Um, I, well, it was months ago now. It's like a long time ago. I uh, just went up north through Mendocino, Lake Sonoma counties. Um, um, have, did you about? travel by yourself? No, I was with my boyfriend. So, have any of y'all traveled solo? And is that would that How be a concern you for you? Yeah. I have done solo local trips, okay. and then probably just went on my own. I've gone up to Mendocino. Say, w- would you so, feel comfortable traveling solo as a woman? I would feel comfortable traveling solo as a woman in certain places, and uh, but I wouldn't feel comfortable traveling solo as uh, somebody who doesn't really know how to work on bikes very well. That's my so problem. I would really want to increase my practical experience with that before I crossed the United States or something like that. Do you um, feel intimidation when you're going to like buy a bike or take go to a shop to have work done? Do you ever feel like as a woman that they may be taking advantage of you? I don't. You mean like tell you that you need more things and you don't? Yeah. They assume like, oh, she doesn't know anything, so I might as well upcharge her, oh. upsell or something like that. I see a lot of people who are afraid of that. But um, I've never, yeah. I know. I I haven't been worried about that yet. (laughs) I see a lot of girls come in to, because we have a service department. and um, Because, you know, it's time to bleed the air filter on your bike. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And um, almost the vast majority of them bring a guy um, to talk to the mechanic. And... um, a lot of the times I can get a pretty good read. It's e- sometimes, most of the time, the guys don't even know if the first thing about motorcycles or scooters because we do that as well. Uh, they just bring a guy sometimes to feel like a little more secure, I guess, in that they're not getting cheated in something. Our mechanic's really good, and I think the fact that two women run the counter now, me and my coworker, makes them feel a little bit better. But um, I definitely feel like that. And I was going to say, too, about the traveling solo 
Um, and because I think it got deleted, it was a podcast when I went down to San Luis Obispo by myself. I think that mm. podcast like ended up in the abyss of computer right. getting fucked up. But um, I went down to San Luis Obispo and back by myself. And I didn't feel, I felt nervous about, like, because it was my brand new bike. I felt nervous about, like, running out of gas for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and I actually, I didn't break down, but I got uh, heat exhaustion or heat stroke um, on the way back up. And I was by myself. And that was really frightening. Um, not just being a girl, just, I was stuck on the side of the road, like, puking my guts out. Um, and like felt feeling like I was going to die and thank god some guys on their Harleys like stopped by and like escorted me to the next gas station and like covered me in ice and stuff like that but um traveling by myself I've always done it like backpacking and crazy shit like that and uh it's always been fine but I can definitely see what you mean about um being in certain parts of the country or certain parts of the world that's As a chick, I would be very afraid to go to certain parts. I don't know. In the U.S., I feel like it's actually, at least, I, I hadn't thought about, like, other places, but I actually feel like it's almost easier being a girl in some ways because I feel like um, the expectations are lower. So mm -hmm. if I break down, yeah. I'm pretty sure somebody's yeah. more Someone likely to stop help, if I take yeah. off my helmet and I'm shaking my head and it's obvious I'm a girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. in some ways, I actually think it's easier. Like, I'm whether I, I guess I should be a little bit more self-sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question for the group. What are the advantages and disadvantages of women versus men? And I'll tell you in general or when it comes to motorcycling. I'll tell you some of mine that I've seen. Women have an advantage while wrenching. Oh my god, Liza. Oh. You totally just proved this wrong too. No, I didn't. <laughs> because men will over tighten stuff. Women are like a human torque wrench. Oh my God. Because they don't have as much muscle output and they're much finer touch when tightening things and have a better sense where men will just crank something through and strip out the threads. I've seen it happen. They just don't have as much sense. So women, I find in general, are, are good at wrenching. They have a better touch with that stuff. Um, plus, women can get men to do things for them. Yes, <laughs> I think this that's is a big they, advantage. <laughs> and if they don't, they get things mansplained, mansplained to them. And for for those of you that don't know what mansplaining is, it's when a man a man assumes you don't know what you're doing, and so he over-explains everything to you. <laughs> Liza has had some recent experiences with this about her dad, like showing her how to use a tool properly <laughs> in my or shop when I ask him for help to hold something for me while I'm installing an engine I rebuilt and then he'll say you know you're not using the right torque setting on the drill let me show you how that works it's like I need you to just hold this screwdriver please yeah um no but advantages and disadvantages anyone have any they want to throw on the list disadvantages I think we're not brought up learning how to use tools a lot of people like um we're not when girls aren't raised in this country and in this society learning how to use even basic tools we had a new girl what last sunday mm -hmm. didn't know how to use a socket and she didn't know how to reverse the socket wrench Ouch. yeah just really and basic she was trying like herself at home but had nobody to show her how to yeah. get it to go in the other direction 
And she came here, and of course, I'm like, here, just use this wrench and do that. There you go. You were mansplaining. And that wasn't mansplaining. (laughs) I just assumed she had basic tool knowledge because I assume everyone walks in here. But as I told you earlier, I'm more shocked when there's a dude who comes in who doesn't know basic tools, and I'm more shocked when there's a woman who comes in who knows her shit. That's just, again, another generalization. Um, I'll tell you, I, I think a disadvantage of being a woman, and I suffer from this myself, I see my dude friends throwing bikes into turns so much easier, I think, because of the upper body strength, where I have to work a lot harder and use more of my body to do the same turns at the same speed. I, it's just a, it's one of those, like, <laughs> fuck you guys. It's just easier for them. That's just a disadvantage. You have to use more of your body to ride as fast, I believe. I have something. I don't... Um I, so I have a five-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and uh, I I hear a lot of horror stories from people about um, you know motorcycle crashes, yeah. and I get a lot of like kind of they don't say it outright, but like how how dare I ride mm-hmm. because it's so mm-hmm. dangerous, and I, I nobody would ever dare say this to my boyfriend. Exactly. You know? um, so I think that's a a big disadvantage, and I you know obviously I'm aware of the dangers and do yeah. my best. <laughs> Yeah, and I think kind of on that note, if I'm like with, I don't know, like Lucas, and we meet, and someone, as motorcyclists do, and as people do, motorcycles are cool, they kind of come up to you and talk to you about stuff, and if I'm with a guy that rides, they'll tell the guy, that's really cool, and then I get the lecture about how dangerous it is, and I don't know why it's just as equally dangerous to the man that rides as the girl but we I, are I the don't... bearers of the human race yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess that goes that's where that goes well, back to but... actually i'm surprised to hear that you have a five-year-old because so many women i know yeah stop writing have a baby stop, stop writing. writing don't you feel some sort of responsibility i i i do and i also <laughs> feel a responsibility to him and to myself too did you stop writing you... at all no, I mean, I, I learned to ride After. since, oh, okay. since I had him. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. And are you going to teach him to ride? If and when he wants to, absolutely. Yes. All right. Yeah. So the, the earlier, the better. You know, I think. Liza's so jealous of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks yeah. it's so cool. Anyone else? Advantages, disadvantages? Do you, uh, can you think of any advantages? I don't know if this is necessarily a guy-girl thing, but um, I... I always have this kind of jealousy of people that can just go for it, whether it's yeah. motorcycles or surfing or, you know, some kind of sport where I I have so much, I, I'm so cautious. Yeah. I don't like to get hurt. I, I see <laughs> that as an advantage. Yeah, that was, that's an advantage was... in that sense, but sometimes I just want to Until go someone for like it. Liza's <laughs> right. like, why can't you ride faster? <laughs> right. Why can't you ride faster, Megan? I know you can do this. And I'm like, I just broke my wrist. I don't need to do this again. No, I'm saying there are people that are overcautious. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not riding at fast paces, but people can't keep up because they're overcautious. There have been times, though, when I've been out and it's like, God, I wish I could just stop thinking about how much how bad this could go i wish i could just like kind of lose all of the cautiousness sometimes because i know i can ride at certain speeds it's just getting myself to you just have to think yeah. i'm in the right place and i'll be okay <laughs> like right. with cyber racing as long as you're in <laughs> the right place to so many things <laughs> it's yeah true. it's true 
Um, advantages and disadvantages for me is probably the same thing. It's um, that there are very little expectations, or at least mm-hmm. definitely when I first started, there were very few expectations because I was a girl. Um, so it made learning to ride really easy because if I was having a hard time, nobody really expected anything anyway. And so if I was doing pretty good, then um, then it was awesome. I was a super fast girl, even though maybe I was still slower than some of the guys, you know. Um, but I also think that's a disadvantage because definitely I was – a fast learner and part of that definitely had to do with I was a crasher <laughs> but so you learn your limits by going over them right <laughs> but um I rode way over my head like my first couple years like I'm amazed that I wow. never I never broke a bone I crashed many many times mm-hmm. I never broke a bone I never um I was hit lane splitting I mean I had I was a crasher <laughs> And looking back at it, like, I would so be horrified if one of my friends did this. But um, I, it was a disadvantage because I was so out to prove that I didn't ride like a girl, that I was riding way beyond what I should have. And mm-hmm. it was not fun. It was not fun. Like um, stressful. It was stressful. It was competitive. Like when we would reach the top of the hill, it wasn't woohoo. That was a fun ride. It was woohoo. I survived. You know. <laughs> so I would say that you know it's an advantage and a disadvantage. Liza, you have some information for me to share with our listeners? Because I didn't write down the phone number. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you want to cover anything else before we I get to this? I think so. Let, let's ask, is there anyone else who wants anything? We're at, at the 60-minute mark. Is there anything unsaid you'd like to say? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Is there any shout-outs? <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. Um, oh, I did have one more thing. I did. I totally forgot. Um, here we're always starting. We always like help mentor new people and help them get their first bike and all of that. And we always have talked about what's the best bike, first bike for a chick. I want everyone to say what their first bike was. Mine, as you all know, uh, you guys all called it my up the butt bike because Douglas got it for me. <laughs> it was a 79 CM400T and that thing was awesome. It was a kick and an e-start and um, I fucking loved that bike. It was rad and it was like all stock. It was so fun. My first bike, I think it was a 2002, but it was this beautiful purple EX500. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my second bike. <laughs> Mine was a beautiful red and white Vespa P200E scooter, two-stroke, awesome. kickstart. Cool. Nice. Loved it. Mine was a piece of crap. <laughs> CBRF2. It had been crashed. It had absolutely no plastics on it. It had a Baja kit from a KTM. It was a horrible bike, but I loved it so much. It ran so good. I loved it. Mine is still my 2003 650GS. <laughs> so the first bike I actually bought with my own money and didn't talk out of somebody, <laughs> like all the bikes before that, was actually a 79CX500 touring Ooh, bike. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> so that, yeah. So the, yeah, that CX500, I loved that bike. I loved my scene. That was the Silverwing? Was it called um, no, but the CX500 and the Silverwing are very close. Okay. Yes. The opposable 45-degree cylinders. Yes. And that's actually, even though it was a 500cc, a very tall, wide-seat bike. And I did touring on that. 
Yeah, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Mine was really fun when we took the pipes off and I ran it without pipes. And, like, people would hear me from, like, way up the road and, like, think it was this big fat Harley. And they turn around, there's this, like, little girl (laughs) and this little 400 putting down the street. That always made me laugh. So I want to say, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Megan has this ability to get idiots to show off in front of her and crash. That's the other thing I've experienced being a chick. So this one time. Uh, I was coming back from school. Has it happened? Have, have is is it just the one incident or is there more? I don't know. This one time I was coming back from school and I was making a left from Bay onto Mission and I think I was riding the supermoto and this guy on a red CBR looked at me and I still had I had the blonde pigtails at that point and then like did a double take saw I was a girl revved his bike a bunch which made me laugh and then uh, we both made a left. He uh, tried to wheelie and he uh, 12 o'clock <laughs> on Mission Street in like five o'clock traffic and the bike like went sliding down the road. He went sliding down the road and uh, I pulled over. There was a guy that pulled over um, in a truck and put his hazards on and the guy couldn't. He was so like high strung about crashing. He couldn't pick his bike up and he was shaking. So I helped him pick his bike up and I was like, you're such a fucking idiot. And then I got back on my bike and ran away. <laughs> so I don't know. Has, have I had other things like that? Have you guys had? No, no. Yes. I look like a dude in my gear. Yeah. So that made the, yeah, so don't. So this don't. was like right when I first started <laughs> well, riding. And too. everyone was, here is riding. I'm going to say it. Dude bikes, right? Nobody's riding like chick bikes. I know. <laughs> The DR650 is on the list, on the chick bike list. Yeah, okay. Okay. So um, I wanted to take an opportunity to let people know that we started doing something new, that uh, we now have a voicemail set up. If anyone wants to call and leave a message for the Motorcycles and Misfits voicemail and uh, tell us you're up the butt bike or (laughs) if you you want to respond to something we've talked about you can call us at 831-291-5112 you can also find this phone number on our motorcycles and misfits um website but call and leave a message we would love to hear from you um and then also i had a nice email i wanted to share uh from our friend uh, dick he's a listener and um hi dick I've been talking about how so many of the accidents I think could have been avoided if we had higher visibility bikes, gear, modulators. I've been putting modulators on my bike. And some people have said, oh, I think that they're, they may be illegal in certain states or whatever. So uh, he said, um, hey, I've heard a few people on your podcast comment that headlight modulators are not legal uh, everywhere. As a lifetime AMA member, I can tell you the AMA has this in the right section on their website. Yeah, there are, there are cops out there who don't know the law and will write you a ticket, but it's rare and when encountered, they should be educated, as should others in the system who might fail to dismiss the ticket. And he actually uh, sent me an email with all the codes S794, Motorcycle Headlight Modulation System, and all the, the rate must be this and that. Um, so... They, so they are legal? They are legal, but there if are people in the, daytime, right. in the system who may not be aware of that. So the AMA has has it in the rights book. So I'll put that up on our uh, Facebook page if anyone's interested or needs, you know, backing for using headlight and uh, taillight modulators. Also, 
Shameless self-promotion, Liza. You know what well, makes one of those a too. great <laughs> Christmas present, y'all? <laughs> what? <laughs> Motorcycles and misfits sweatshirts and t-shirts now available twenty dollars for a t-shirt plus five dollars shipping and, and 40? forty for a sweatshirt plus five dollars shipping i'll take a hit on that one anyone who wants one it also says recycle garage santa cruz on the back so it's quite you know how you can get a hold of us to get one of those t-shirts or sweatshirts tell us how you can get a hold of us at recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com you can go to our facebook page recycle santa cruz uh, or our website motorcycles and misfits.com did i leave anything out no, that's good. Nah. Um, and I'll extend an invite anyone here who wants to come out dirt biking with us next weekend. Yeah. Oh, Hollister I think we're going to have an extra bike, actually. Okay, I think cool. we are, too. So. Zephyr, do you dirt bike? Not yet. Do you want to learn? I do, but I have my son with me next week. Bring him. You could bring him. But, but really, <laughs> there will be plenty of mud for him to play in. Yeah. We'll just find a mud hole. Are you going Saturday or Sunday? Both. Um, there's going to be people there for three days. Um, I believe I'm going to be there on Saturday so I can run the shop on Sunday. I'll be Possibly there Friday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. But there will be people there on Sunday as well. So you can, if anyone would like to come meet any of the misfits and recycle crew out at Hollister for dirt biking next weekend, contact us through our Facebook page or through our email, email no, but really voicemail mm-hmm. or the voicemail or the voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. And this is Megan. This is Eliza. Jeanette. Lily. Cindy. Zephyr. Ciao. But first, I wanted to thank everyone for oh, coming right. tonight. <laughs> That's our sign off. It's like the show that doesn't end. I know. One more thing. No, thank you all for coming. I know some of you drove a distance to get here. I appreciate it. And I want to do this again. Um, we'll do it a couple times a year and get the, the chicks out because our podcast is a representative of the people in our community. And sometimes we reach out to friends of friends. And, and you know, I mean, Zephyr's been on rides and. And now just meeting you, Lily. But um, hopefully, this is this is this is our community. This is what the podcast is. And uh, there are so many awesome women writers here. So I think we'll do it more. So I think that's it. We're out. Cool, cool.